you are in the perfect place at the divine time to be touched by a horse. Here's your hosts, Melissa Pierce and Dane Cheek. Hi, everybody. It's Melissa. And this is Dane. And we're happy to be back with you. Yeah. So we're wrapping up as we speak. We're just getting ready to put all our podcast equipment away, load everything onto the truck, and tomorrow morning we go back to the Colorado Ranch. Yeah, I think we're ready. I think we are. I think it's interesting. Like, I'm so eager and ready to get here, and then I enjoy the month, like all over the place, and so do you. And then we're ready. A month is plenty, and we're ready to go back home. But... I was recapping all the things we did this month. We did a lot. Did we lay on the couch at all? We, we <laughs> laid on the couch too much. We laid on the couch too much. I actually discovered napping. I took three naps in the month of August. My ritual is one in December and one in August, but I'm kind of liking this whole napping thing now. You getting, finally figured it out. Yeah, I'm getting, well, I've watched you do it so much. <laughs> that I figured it out. But this month, I mean, work-wise, I finished the summit plan, which our summit is coming up in September and is a really big thing. Did 12 podcast interviews, which y'all will hear coming out over time. I think one's already been out and they'll trickle out over time. Taught 13 different classes for different programs. Did a all-day And one afternoon, CEU training, a continuing education unit's training for our graduate community that was so fun. Did an equine facilitator intensive training last weekend, which there's 18 different tried and true experiences that I've done in workshops with a variety of different audiences. And I took the 18 and put them into the newest program. It's nine months in length. And... There are six of the videos and recipes and how to do items in the first intensive. Now they're a little over halfway through the program and they have 12 of them now because this last time I did another six. They'll have one more final intensive plus all the classes. So that's going really well. And it's been a lot of fun. I meet the coolest people through that. And if anybody listening is interested in doing the next time we do that program, it will be April 2024. And we already have people under contract to sign up to do that one. So we're excited about that. Did a marketing community call the other night. That's a free call that I offer to our graduate community, and quite a few were on, and we were discussing all kinds of things about Gestalt and getting the word out and and all of that, and I edited a ton of films. So work-wise for me, believe it or not, that wasn't much, right? You did not see me work a whole lot. Yeah, pretty slack. Pretty slack. For me, that was slack. Yeah, Yeah, for me, that was slack. I love it. So my passion, as you know, Dane, is besides the horses and my work is reading books. So we've gone to four movies. Do you remember the movies we went to? I don't. What is with your memory? It's a really good thing that I love you because I could probably (laughs) put you away right now if I didn't. So do you remember we did go to see... Mission Impossible, that one you'd remember. Yeah, that was good. I really like that one. You like that one. We went to see Golda. Golda, it was a little drama. It was pretty good. Golda Meir. It's a historical movie. Right, right, right. Yeah, did you sleep? I learned a lot that I never knew. Yeah. You didn't sleep in that, did you? Okay, good. Yeah, I think so. I think that was something that when we were children, I heard Golda Meir's name 
all the time. My parents seemed quite concerned about what was happening in that region of the world. And while I had some understanding of it as a young beginning college student, I had some understanding of who Golda Meir was. I really didn't appreciate her fully until I saw that movie. So, and I a shout out to Helen Mirren, who as an actress, wow, right? Yeah, she was really good. Wow. I mean, she's she was amazing doing that movie. We saw Oppenheimer yeah. and we saw Haunted Mansion. Yeah. Yeah. What was your favorite? My favorite was Mission Impossible. Well, we all could have guessed that, right? Even people who haven't met you in person could have guessed that right. one. Yeah, such a guy. So, yeah, so that was fun. Um, I had lunch with Martha Kunhold, who we bought the condo here through, who we loved. We went to Little Italy and had a wonderful Italian lunch, went over to Blick's Art Store and bought a whole bunch of fun stuff for one of our golden granddaughters, Noelle, who's an art student in Portland. And she sent me a text picture of a painting she did yesterday that was amazing. It was an uh, an assignment they gave her. She's on scholarship to the Portland Art School. And they said all in one color. And I'll show it to you later. It is really very cool what she comes up with. She's an amazing, amazing talent. Hiding things from me. I am. I am. Well, it's a nude. You know, I had to pace pace myself on that one for sure. (laughs) We had dinner with Vivian and John Thwaites, who we adore, and uh, just have so much fun every time the four of us get together. Rissa was out here, who's one of our key employees, but family to us. She's our Ohana, and uh, she was out here for a few days. And that's always great to be around her. Always fun. Yep. I love because she gives you such tough time. Yeah, piece of cake. I love it. Yeah. I love it. She cracks me up. She gives you a very, very tough time. And uh, we went through a hurricane while we've been here. Yep. This hurricane was the most non-event for, this, for, for us. So it was a tragic hurricane for Mexico. And Mexico has experience with hurricanes. There's been many hurricanes that have hit uh, Mexico and Hawaii and Mexico and it's been tough but it had been 140 years since even a quote-unquote tropical storm had hit San Diego and so they took it seriously we all took it seriously put all patio furniture away bought water you know we took it seriously knew that we could lose power and all of that where we are on Coronado Island is just off of San Diego it's a little strand of land. When you look at it on the map, you think, "Uh uh-oh, you could be blown out into the bay pretty easily. But for some reason, by the grace of God, I guess, it just spared San Diego and Coronado. We had rain, and I think a tree fell over in San Diego. Los Angeles got hit heavy, and Palm Springs and all the area in between really did. Yeah, so very sad to see the damage yeah. that was done there. And then we're ending our trip on a hurricane for several of our graduates and students live of course, all over the United States. And so Hurricane Adalia is happening as we're recording this. 
And our wonderful coach, Marsha, lives in Tampa. So we sent her all kinds of good strength and then sent what I think of as my inner panda bear to my fellow inner panda bear, Karen Johnson, who is in Perry, Florida. And they lost a couple trees and definitely yeah, it was like went a through hit, a lot. It? Yeah, definitely yeah. a lot for her town. So lots of thoughts and love and hope for how that turns out. That's actually occurring now, so we're not sure the final outcome of all of that. And of course, we saw Kevin and Paula this month too right yeah they our were son going kevin to palm springs for a concert yeah or... went to a casino and made donations there yep so that was fun we did a lot yeah we did a lot it's been a great padres month. game padres game yeah. yeah we've done a lot it's just been so much fun and if you listen to our podcast frequently you know we've been kind of blow by blow each week but when we sum it all up i mean it's been a fabulous month and we're grateful to be here especially cuz our staff at home tells me that the sound level in my office area and above their offices has been difficult for them even to work because tile was ripped up and shelves were taken down a new tile put in and window in and all that for our master bathroom remodel so apparently you and I, and the floor finishing. So I think we left at exactly the right time. Yeah. Most of the noise will be done by the time we get back. Plus, so. plus I didn't have to do it, you know? That well, that's true. That's very true. But if you had to do it, it would still be being done. Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. It might have taken a little longer. A lot longer. <laughs> you know how I roll. Yes, I do. But you do such a great job. But you, you aren't quick, but you do a very good job. I read four books while I was out here for these four weeks, and I want to give a shout out to a couple of them. One, if you're a reader, that I really loved was West with Giraffes. Now, I'm sitting in San Diego, right? And the San Diego Zoo is, for my money, the nicest zoo in the world. It's just a phenom beautiful zoo. Both the plants, the trees, the animals, the habitats for the animals the research and science that the San Diego is doing. It is just, there's not enough good to say about the San Diego Zoo. Unlike some other zoos that I see, and I'm not happy with where animals are living, the San Diego Zoo, I would be happy to come back again for another life and be an animal in that zoo because they get really phenom care. And West with Giraffes was written uh, about a true story about a man who, when he was a young kid, he it was 1937, he was 17 years old, he was escaping a tragedy of his own family in the Dust Bowl, Panhandle of Texas to Oklahoma. And for some reason, he went east before he went west. So he travels east on a train, hiding in the train, not with a legitimate ticket. And he finds this person, this man, he calls him the old man. He finds the old man who is has imported two young giraffes, a male and a female, and has a truck specially made for hauling them, 1937, on 
Route 66 and all the different highways across the United States until he could connect to Route 66 to San Diego. And the adventures that they go through and the experiences that they go through, written from the eyes of this young man. And he's telling the story as a 99-year-old in an assisted living right before he dies. He's reflecting back on his memories. And it is a really good read. It's not a long book. And if you're an animal lover like I am, it's really well done. So I thought that was one to give a shout out to. I read Alice Hoffman's book, The Invisible Hour. It's also fun. Lots of time travel and fantasy and love and all kinds of good stuff. But the other one I came across from the Sunday morning, CBS Sunday morning show that you and I love was a book called When I Fell from the Sky. True story also about a young woman who was traveling with her mother. She was 17 years old. She was traveling with her mother and they were returning to the jungle and the plane literally fell out of the sky after a lightning bolt and her seat is ejected from the plane. Her mother went down with the plane along with all the rest of the people and she flew through the air at 2,000 feet down toward the earth. It is a powerful story of how her seat that she was buckled into landed into these trees protecting her and down onto the ground. And then she is in the jungle. And she knew a lot about the jungle because both her parents uh, were botanists and had studied the jungle and had taught her a lot about the animals and the plants in the jungle. But she doesn't see humanity for about two and a half weeks trying to take her very broken body somewhere where she might see another human who could help her. And it is just a really interesting story. And I I love true stories like that, but that's phenomenal. Can you imagine you're buckled into a seat on an airplane and the next thing you know, you're flying out by mm. yourself, buckled in the seat? Right. That was yeah. just powerful. So I think we saw the author on the CBS Sunday Morning. I think that's where I found that one. I don't know. I find great books everywhere, but that was powerful. And then one that all my friends and I have been reading and have read is Covenant of Water, which is the big buzz right now. Oprah's done uh, six podcasts with the author, Dr. Vergesi, and I just listened to uh, BBC PBS BBC coverage of a, a talk with uh, Diane Rim uh, with the author Abraham Vergesi. Just fascinating man, really truly fascinating. The book is fascinating. It is a long book. If you get the physical book instead of on your iPad, it's I think eighteen hundred pages. I may be wrong, but I think it's like a it's a saga. It's a very big book. I read on my iPad, so it felt uh, quicker to me. Did not you don't realize how long the book is. You just get into the storyline and and move into there. And one of the things that reminded me of, I think, of why I love it is is the concept of metaphor. And listening to the author today, he was speaking about the title covenant and saying that a covenant being something, uh, a promise and all the different reasons he chose that word, but a covenant of water, pretty captivating title. And he wanted the reader to find their own meaning for what that was. And for me, I shared with my friend Barb, for me, 
I felt like all the storylines in Covenant of Water seem disparate. They don't seem connected when you first start reading the book. When I first started reading the book, it seemed like, well, how does that guy know this girl know that guy? How do these all come together? And they do in a very powerful way at the end of the book, towards the very, very end of the book. And I thought about the covenant of water and some of the things that he uses is illusion in the book. And I think that every story was sort of like a stream that grew into a riverlet. So there's many, many streams, right, that grow into a riverlet, that grow into a river that leads down into the ocean. That's what it seemed like to me was the promise of everything being so connected. And that is exactly, for me anyway, the way the stories went. They were so far apart, and they just kept joining and joining and joining until they became the ocean. And I love metaphors as a gestaltist. That is a big part of our work. And I, this morning, just took my book out again, my What in the Heck is Gestalt, and opened it to metaphors to see if there was a more clear way of expressing why. And I thought I would just read a page of it because to me it's, it's so important that we think about how we speak in metaphor. Touched by a Horse offers three comprehensive programs giving you the ability to have the career you've always dreamed about, working in partnership with the magic of horses. Our equine facilitator program provides you with the skills to build a thriving business hosting group experiences with horses. Our equine gestaltist program prepares you to open your own private gestalt practice in partnership with horses. And our master equine gestaltist program builds your gestalt skills both in and outside the round pen. All of our programs include in-depth live classes, business growth training, and a supportive community of herd members to collaborate with and learn from. Visit our website at touchedbyahorse.com to learn more about which program is right for you and your healing herd. So some people speak, I think I do for one, speak in metaphor frequently. Some people speak metaphors consciously and other people use them as just sort of ways to find meaning in their life. So if you eat too much, you say, oh, I feel stuffed like a turkey, right? Mm -hmm. Or I'm nervous like a cat by a rocking chair. You know, there's just all kinds of ways that we use metaphor, use them in sports analogies and all kinds of things. My writing in the book, and by the way, heavily edited by my beautiful editor, but a metaphor relates something to something else in a way that is not literally true. Instead, it draws a comparison between them in a symbolic way. When a horseman says that horse is like Hercules, she is comparing the horse to a mythological character with superhuman strength. In Gestalt, a metaphor is a verbal picture, or kind of like a miniature movie clip, that theatrically expresses how a person is feeling or seeing a given situation. Symbolic information is a result of the subconscious, creating a pathway to a deeper understanding. 
So when I have clients and they offer a metaphor, sometimes not even realizing that they've offered a metaphor, to me the magic of the metaphor is it unfolds similarly to a dream. So dreams come from our subconscious. They come from a place that we can't consciously reach into and grab information from. So they flow out and our deeper metaphors come from that same place. And just as Gestalt works with dreams, we work with dreams in a way to not interpret them for the dreamer, but to actually set up an experience for the dreamer to go through the dream, actually be inside their own dream and find their own meaning for each individual part of the dream. Metaphors are much the same way. So if I have someone who has a metaphor and they are expressing to me what they feel they want to work on, but they're not sure what everything's about, you know, they're not sure how to put it together. They might say, I feel like I'm in a small closet. The door is locked and it is locked from the outside. I can't seem to get out. No one is really listening to me as I'm calling for help and I'm not sure what to do. So somebody may just open up with that sentence as a metaphorical way to tell me just how stuck they are, just how trapped they are, just how how uh, much they're not being heard in their life, right? So I could simply say, which a talented talk therapist would do, what sort of meaning do you give this? And we would discuss it, right? Gestalt is not talking about. Gestalt is experiential. So instead... I would say to the person, stand up for me. And it doesn't matter if I've known them two minutes when I do this, by the way. If they open with a metaphor, this is where I go. So I say, stand up for me. Let's say her name is Sue. Stand up for me, Sue. So she does. And I say, so touch the walls of this closet so I can see about how big this closet is. And she puts her hands out almost like a mime, right? Shows me how big the closet is. So close your eyes and be in that closet. Feel the size of it around you. Check the lock. Become aware you're locked inside. No one's hearing you. No one can hear you. What else are you aware of? And from that question, what else are you aware of? Her mind begins to unpack the metaphor begins to download the meaning of why this thought came to her as an expression of what she's going through in her life. And we continue down that vein, asking her basically to stay in the closet. She might say, I'm aware that there are no other exits out of the closet. Okay. I can repeat back to her what she has said. You're locked from the outside. You're not aware of any other exits out of this closet. What's the primary emotion that's coming up? I'm afraid. I feel stuck. I feel unseen and stuck. So we continue to build out the metaphor. Whatever the metaphor is, I continue to help her fully experience it, carefully making sure I'm not using words she didn't use. I'm using only 
what her subconscious has given to her, that I compare it back to her and I can ask her to breathe into whatever emotions are coming up and give words to those. So after a number of minutes, most of the time, the client gets to this sort of aha download from their subconscious and her eyes may open and she might look at me and say, this job I'm in, there is no chance for advancement. I absolutely have to leave. I am completely trapped here. And then we can sit down and begin to have our session over, walk me through this job. How long have you worked there? And she can begin to tell me where she's not being heard, how it's not working. She can find her own answers. Maybe there are answers that allow her to stay there. Maybe there are answers that encourage her to leave the job. And maybe it's not even about the job. If you've been a follower of the podcast, you know the mystery of Gestalt is sometimes that's a trigger feeling And it actually has more to do with another time way back in her past when she may have felt stuck and abandoned. So it's a really wonderful exploratory process in Gestalt. Uh, Neither the Gestaltist nor the client know what's going to come up. But oftentimes, if a metaphor is available, it can be a beautiful gateway, just like the most precious gateway to what our inner self is trying to convey to us. And I loved the metaphors that are all through that book of Abraham Vergesi's In the Covenant of Water. I just am a big fan of people who can write the way that he can and give a really great story the way that he did. So it's it's fabulous. And I know you're not a reader, Dane, but that book's also out on Audible. And I was thinking... I ought to to get that. Yeah, Um, that you would enjoy it. I'm on Audible. Yeah, you would enjoy it because he, the author, Abraham Vergesi, he reads it himself. So I'm doing that myself on What in the Heck is Gestalt. It'll be out this fall in audible format. So might be a good one in here for sure. So what do you got in the store? Do you have that book in the store yet? You're so funny. Of course we have that, but we have a few thousand copies of that book. No, yes, we have that book in the store. We have so many new things coming to the store, some surprises that open at Summit, so I can't really reveal them right now, but in future podcasts, we will be talking quite a bit about other things that are in the store. I think right now what's happening at home and what people will see on our social media is we're beginning to turn our attention to the January 24th class for equine gestalt coaching methods or EGC class will enroll between now and January. I will say that we already have contracts underneath. We take 16 in in January. We already have some people under contract for that January class. But for the rest, if you have an interest in it, please go to touchbyhorse.com. Check out EGC, the equine gestalt method program. There's a lot of information there. We can send you a handbook. You can get a call with me, whatever it is that you'd like to do. It fills up way in advance of January because we start booking people the sooner you enroll for January the more 
seats are available to the live cores and the events and that sort of thing. So most people for that January class will have gone to contract, you know, by October. So if you have an interest in being in the January, please start taking action on that now. Take a good look at what we offer. I guarantee you it's the most comprehensive course out there for partnering with horses to do uh, equine work. So not for the meek. (laughs) It's definitely not for the meek. We want to thank Hope Through Horses, a 501c3 that supports all things TBA. They say all things touched by a horse. And they are a nonprofit run by some incredible people. And we're very blessed that they have our back and have our interest and the interest of clients who are coming to see us. They run just an amazing organization organization. So please check them out, hopethroughhorses.com. Anything else that you want to add? You, what, you played golf this month. Yeah, I played twice. No improvement. <laughs> 30 days. I played twice. Maybe that's why there's no improvement, dude. Right, I don't yeah. know. Well, you watched a lot of sports. I will say that. Yeah. It's a, it sounds terrible the way I say it. You watched a lot of little kids play baseball. Yeah, I, I just adored that little league baseball. Little league baseball. Bring, brings back a lot of old memories when I was a kid, you know? When you were a kid and when Kevin was a kid. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So very sweet. And the little leaguers, they they uh, work so hard to get where they are and to do it. So I know that you're a big fan. Obviously, a lot of people are big fans or it wouldn't be on TV the whole time. Seems like every time you turn the TV on... <laughs> Or at least you managed to turn it on. It's Little League Baseball. So, yeah, it's fun. It's fun to see the kids have a passion and something they're interested in. So whatever your passion is, make sure you nuzzle a muzzle. Uh, Be very kind to all animals. Be very kind to yourself. We are on our way back to Colorado. And on our next podcast, we will be home and see if the walls are still standing, how our bathroom turned out, how our wooden floor that had to be fully replaced looks. There's a lot going on. So as the ranch turns, we're looking forward to getting home. Thank you all for listening and following our podcast. See you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Touched by a Horse podcast. If you'd like more information about anything we've talked about on the show today or our certification program, please visit our website at touchedbyahorse.com. That's touchedbyahorse.com. Or contact our office by phone at 303-440-7125. Also, be sure to keep up with us on social media. We're at Touched by a Horse on both Facebook and Instagram. See you around the barn and on the next episode.